Today's guest came into patient advocacy from real life experience, and we see that often. People using their trauma and difficulties to make the way better for others. So it is with great pride that I share with you Ashton Nesmith Cochera. Ashton became a teacher for a very brief time, but the traumatic pregnancy, childbirth, and NICU experience, the neonatal intensive care unit, with her daughter ultimately led to her passion and career in patient advocacy. In 2009, she became a certified birth doula and in 2018 became a board certified patient advocate. She is trauma-informed and specializes in maternity health patient safety. Through her remote private patient advocate practice, she offers services that help inform, prepare, and empower families navigating the maternal health care system. Advocacy, education, support, and inspiration are the core of her mission, and they are the cores of our mission, too. So I'm happy to have you here. Welcome to the show, Ashton. Hi, great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. So much to talk about. And I'm looking forward to this because I know that you have a very personal journey. And when I read about it, I knew I wanted to share you with our listeners and soon to be our readers, as you have so kindly offered to be a contributor to the upcoming anthology that we're working on titled Highway to Heart, Humor and Honesty in Healthcare, where I'm offering readers a chance to hear from people both in and out of healthcare who have experience and something to say about how we can improve both patient safety and the patient experience. So thank you for joining us on this endeavor. I really appreciate you having me. Yes. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot from you. So you are a a certified patient advocate. How and why did you decide to become a patient advocate? And I'm sure it's all tied in with your journey. Yes, yes. I guess it was really two parts. For the birth doula part, I am a um, certified birth doula on top of being a patient advocate. So it was the traumatic um, pregnancy and birth and my, the NICU experience with my daughter that really opened my eyes to the importance of being informed and prepared um, for any life crisis, but especially um, I live with chronic illness and needing that educated support beyond my loved ones during that time really became the the reason that I went on to um, support others. I know my family was just emotionally drained during that experience. And while my mom was at my side, um, I was a single mother. And I didn't realize then, but how how needed um, birth doors are. So um, as time went on and my daughter got older, um, she started showing signs of the same chronic illness that I did. And so um, becoming a board-certified patient advocate was many situations that added up, but ultimately realizing I had gone 25 years undiagnosed with a progressive genetic disorder that I had unknowingly had at the time, um, which my daughter inherited. So between those two situations, it ultimately led to where I am now um, offering patient advocacy services, but really to people in the maternal health care system, and even more especially to people with chronic illness um, that are facing high-risk pregnancy. There's a lot of people out there that are experiencing symptoms for long periods of time. I mean, people are going often undiagnosed for long periods of time. You say you went, what, about 25 years not knowing what was wrong? Exactly. I went 25 years. They told me I had a, an automatic nervous system condition, which was called um, POTS. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So 
but that actually only ends up being like a symptom of my genetic condition. So what do you think about um, improving that? How can the healthcare system improve so that no one has to go years being undiagnosed? I really think there's three or four things. The first one is so important. I, I really wish people took me seriously and listened, especially as a teenager. I was often dismissed as it being mental health, the depression, anxiety. Those were symptoms that could be seemingly what it was, but it, it was not. And another thing would be we need a healthcare system that communicates, especially with complex conditions. There's specialists, but the specialists don't always communicate back to your primary care or to other specialists. And when you aren't educated or informed, you don't know how to navigate that as a patient, especially when you're chronically sick or you have ongoing health issues. It is so much to remember. Another thing would be doctors are burnt out. The healthcare system has taken a toll on them. Nurses are in the worst, so compassion and empathy really lack because of it. And one last thing I think would be um, insurance, where patients like myself ended up losing top specialists that are already few and far between because they no longer um, accept insurances that are in network. That becomes a very big problem. Mm-hmm. This is a multi-pronged problem, as you're pointing out, and there's some things that you can't do anything about. I mean, you as a patient can't do anything about physician burnout or a particular nurse not having empathy. One of the things you did mention, though, was coordination of care. So as you're seeing specialist after specialist, and they're not communicating with your primary care physician, well, who's in charge? It looks like the patient's in charge, where you're not supposed to be, but I guess you have to be. So this kind of ties in with my next question, and maybe I just answered it, but what can a patient do when symptoms persist beyond that traditional diagnosis where they say, okay, you've got this, but the symptoms are still persisting, you're still seeing more specialists. What can the patient do to find help or to alleviate some of the four problems that you just mentioned? It can be very frustrating, but just to take a step back and and know that clear communication is so important. I usually start with clients by looking over their medical records and making sure things aren't missed. For example, I went years with dangerously low ferritin levels and non-existent B6 levels. And it wasn't until I requested my medical records did my primary care doctor, who wasn't the doctor during my past, send me for iron infusions, which ultimately um, improved my quality of life substantially during that time. Usually after addressing medical records, I um, help clients address their physician um, or help to get them referred to a specialist that can help. So um, just seeking out another set of eyes and ears um, can help it's just so important to find someone that will listen to you and just develop that clear communication. You know, people think, oh, should I ask for my medical records or am I allowed to or can I? And obviously the answer is a resounding yes. You need to drag those with you wherever you go and uh, basically become your own advocate if you can't find somebody else to help advocate for you like you do with your patients. You are your best advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Isn't that rough though when you're not feeling well, huh? That is, that is very, being able to hire patient advocates, um, money can be an issue, but um, there are services out there and 
just having even someone in the family just help be that extra set of eyes and ears can really help someone. If you can't hire a professional patient advocate, well, then you, you can hire your family members basically and say, hey, you don't have to have medical knowledge. You just need to be attentive and, and you know ask the questions I might not be asking and hear the things I might not be hearing. Exactly. Um, for situations like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't it a shame that our healthcare system doesn't solve this problem for us? And thus the title of the book, Highway to Heart, Humor, and Honesty in Healthcare. If a provider really has heart, wouldn't they be attending to your blood test results and saying, hey, look, Ashton, this is consistently low. We need to do something about it. Why is that missed? Honestly, I think they are very stressed out, and they they live life too, just like we do. They suffer from chronic conditions now just because of their, their burnout that they face. And while that's not an excuse and that they really need to be paying attention to things like this, it can easily go missed, and it does often too many times. Well, we just need to be aware of that and figure we need to every man for themselves right here. Now, I want to switch gears and and talk about you as a certified birth doula, just because that's something that everybody can relate to. It's not a sickness. It's Mm -hmm. not an illness. Everybody at one point in time has a family member or somebody who's going to have a child. So what unique issues did you, do you find that could use a a certain dose of heart humor or honesty when it comes to childbirth and pregnancy? Unrealistic expectations is an issue I face with with past clients. I don't offer services as a birth doula anymore, but I offer them in the context of preparing and planning and informing um, ahead of birth. And I am all for a birth plan, um, one that is brief and to the point um, is the most important point. In fact, I help families write them. However, the expectations can often lead to disappointment and feelings of failure if they're not met. So what I encourage families is to approach pregnancy and childbirth with an open mind by becoming informed, prepared, and simply trusting their body. And just remind them to breathe. No matter the situation, just take a breath and move on. And same during labor. (laughs) So now you worked with high-risk pregnancies. I want to talk about the everyday overuse of cesarean births, because I see this all the time. These births are requested not only by physicians, but by the moms, by mothers, simply for convenience. Oh, I want my child to be born on the 4th of July. Let's do it. What have you been seeing when it comes to cesarean births? I agree, but I definitely feel like the trend for a natural birth right now, uh, natural being vaginal, not just no epidural or uh, medical medication-free, but keeping this from being an option for a lot of mothers keeps them away from the C-section. However, um, unnecessary inductions are an ongoing issue for both OBs and mothers for their convenience. This puts the mothers at greater risk for C-section when moms and or the baby are not truly ready. Birth shouldn't happen on our time just because we're tired of being pregnant or the OBs won't be there because they're going on vacation and the mother is in this position where they don't realize the risks involved and that a failed induction leading to a C-section may be easier in the present, but it can be far harder during recovery when you have a newborn and just underwent major surgery. So you think you're seeing a trend away from this? Definitely in this area. Mm -hmm. um, I do know a lot of people 
can go towards cesarean for the convenience factor for um, their body and things like that. But I, I don't see it being such an issue that it, it was even 10 years ago. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm glad that's the case because uh, childbirth is supposed to be a natural event and not one, as yeah, you yeah. say, at, at, the, at the whim or convenience of the parent or the, um, or the physician. So good. I'm, I'm happy exactly. to hear that. Yeah. So we've discussed a few things today, and it's obvious to us that another set of trained eyes and ears and a mouth in the form of a patient advocate would be helpful. Now, does a patient advocate have to be with the client, with the person? I, I think you do some remote patient advocacy. How does that work? Yes, we can um, communicate through Zoom. It is HIPAA um, a compliance. Even FaceTime, if the family um, is wanting to do FaceTime, like as if they're in with a physician, it is up to the family, the client, and what their wishes are. But Basically, all of the work except bedside um, monitoring can really be done remotely. That's good news. I have several people right now who have been contacting me saying that they need help, and I don't do that personally where I go bedside, but it would be nice to know that they can reach out to someone remotely. All right. Well, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about today, especially as it relates to heart, humor, and honesty in healthcare, whether it's coming from the provider's side or whether it's coming from the patient's side? Just, I, I really like just to make the point on communication, being um, informed and prepared and becoming empowered as your own patient advocate. Um, it definitely can, can save your life or someone else's life. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So where can folks go then to learn more about you? How can they contact you? I have a website. It is www.ashton, A-S-H-T-O-N-B-C-P-A dot com. Okay, so it's Ashton, B-C-P-A, and the B stands for board, C for certified, P for patient, and A for advocate. So it's board, certified, patient, advocate, AshtonBCPA dot com. Good. Well, any final words before we head out? Just take your health as a priority. Once your health's gone, a lot of things can go with it. All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much for sharing you and your work with us today. And you've enlightened us. And I'm happy that we met and that you were able to share yourself with our listeners. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me.